0: Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast. A weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Cool evening? Yeah? You like that one? It's October? It's almost something. It's almost something. I had a better one that I, uh, forgot. So, we're, uh, we're going with that one for the, uh, latest October episode of the Awards Radar podcast. Um... As always, I am uh, Joey's monster, and I'm joined uh, this time by uh, Where Miles. Where Miles? Here Miles. There Miles. There Wolf. There Castle. Why are you talking that way? I thought you wanted to. I could just do Young Frankenstein for the next hour, hour and a half, and that could be the podcast, but we might get sued. And, uh, yeah,
1: I feel like certain legal parties wouldn't appreciate that none too much.
0: I don't know. Mel Brooks allowed the uh, the monsters to do that scene that, that Kelly and I talked about, so all bets are off. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the Stevie is here, like the mummy. Ar- arg. Mm. Is that how the mummy talks? I, I don't know. I think the mummy just talks like Tom Cruise. Oh, that mummy. I mean yeah. would you rather be a good mummy? Uh, sure. No, alright. Uh, I don't does anyone remember how uh, the classic uh, mummy talks Arnold, Arnold Vosloo. <laughs> there you go. Er, I think they just Ar- sound like Frankenstein, arc. kind of, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. They're Do essentially they just
0: zombies, right? I think they just growl. Yeah, like we're r- Or moan. Yeah. Uh, they're probably in a lot of pain. So are the listeners right now, probably. In any event, like what is happening right now? <laughs> no, the sad part is most of them are like, no, this this completely tracks. None of this is, uh, yeah. is surprising. Um, we have uh, mostly horror stuff to talk about this week. Um, kind of a, a light awards news uh, week. Um, also, quick preview for when we get back to more awardsy stuff. The, uh, the drafts we've been doing, which people seem to like. I noticed our saw one has a lot more votes than uh, than last time. I will preview. I already previewed that next time we're going to do our own horror films. Um, when we get back to awardsy stuff, Miles knows about this. Uh, Steve, we're going to draft next month a uh, a Knives Out sequel. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, you know, that, can uh, you do better than Ryan Johnson?
2: It's doing pretty damn good so far.
0: Yes, I can vouch for the the second one. I I was telling uh, Miles that it's harder than. You might think because you kind of just like, oh, let's pick a bunch of big actors and like it's fun and it'll work. But it kind of has to be the right movie. Uh Miles knows where I'm going now. But like, Steve, what if I told you there was a movie that had Emma Stone, Richard Gere, Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet in it?
2: Sounds like an odd mix.
0: But yeah, it, yeah, it would be, movie be 43. <laughs> it would be oh, movie 43. So, <laughs> you know. Casts are in everything, Uh, so you can never, ever be sure. Um, Let's do a question. Uh, Ryan McDermott chimed in and said he would like us to do a Filmahawk face-off from the Trick-or-Treat cast. If you all recall, that was our uh, group horror discussion last week, our new one's coming up later. Um, First up, also, Miles, extra challenge for you. Tell us the actor or actress for each one. First up, happiness or planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, Well, happiness is obviously Dylan
1: Baker. Um, I don't know who planes, trains, and automobiles would be. John
0: Candy. Yes, John Candy of (laughs) trick-or-treat fame, yes. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Well done. Is that what it actually is? No, it's it's also Dylan Baker. He's in planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: Oh, is he? Okay,
0: I've never seen it.
1: Um, Oh, wow. We're just
0: adding to more homework for you. Nah, whatever oh you've never um, seen it oh you have to watch it that's actually very good that's probably what we should do for like thanksgiving's episode right yeah yeah a, there we go i'll finally have an excuse yeah we'll definitely remember
1: yeah. all right so you're going um, well yeah yeah i really like happiness though it's fucking weird and it's not going to be on everyone's sort of wavelength but i think it's absolutely fantastic it's got a killer cast And uh, I got to see Harold Ramis uh, shortly before he
0: died uh, defend it for uh, my college class. That was pretty rad. I can I just I love the idea of Harold Ramis defending that movie, like supposedly one of like the sweeter men on the planet being like, no, the the pedophile uh, is great. Like, I love that combination. Also, happiness is a really good movie and different than I think people have been led to believe because it is a black comedy.
1: Very much so, but blacker than I think most people would expect.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's a fair amount of people who just will not be able to deal with it. Uh, Steve, what about you?
2: I've never seen it. Um, so you're going planes trains. I, I and I love planes trains. Uh, what what part does he have in that though? I can't recall. He is Owen.
0: Oh well, of course. Coworker That's- is he the coworker? I guess I don't it's his second role. So he's not a uh
2: high well, profile the co-
0: part. Uh, I don't I, I don't remember him in it. I but I <laughs> I checked the work. So I was like, oh no. I'll,
2: I'll find it. I'll figure it out. He's Owen.
0: Owen. He's he's sandwiched between he's sandwiched between someone playing his wife. So I guess he's a character who gets a wife and Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon as man running for taxi. Yeah. So can't help you with much about him, but you're going with Plains Trains. We can tell that. Um, Yeah, I loved his work in that film. It's hard. There's such different movies. Um, I'll go Plains Trains for now, but I will say when I haven't seen in a while. So when we revisit it, if I don't love it as much as uh, I thought I do, remember that I went back and retroactively made it happiness. Of course. Uh, Next up, 13 Days or The Cell. Um,
1: 13 Days of the Which one is 13 Days?
0: That's the Cuban Missile Crisis movie, starring Kevin Costner, um, certain other people, and someone from the cast of Trick or Treat. All right, well, I don't think
1: I've even heard of this movie.
0: Oh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, what's the other one? The Cell.
1: The Cell. I know it, I haven't seen it. Really? <laughs> I guess I go with the cell oh, really? because I've heard of it. Like I don't know cell. which actor's in either. Oh, they're both Yeah, I'm sure I would. It's just I haven't gotten around. They're, to it. they're
0: both Dylan Baker.
1: Oh, still? Yeah, we're okay. we're on
0: Dylan Baker though. Oh, I thought he'd be mixing it up. No, there's a group one. for each of them. Oh, oh Jesus. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going through the uh the filmography of Dylan Baker on this episode. His work oh, in Thirteen hey, Days
2: not? doesn't compare to his work as Owen in uh, Plain Strains.
0: I know, I know you're a real, you, 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 um, Stan real hard for Owen. If only he played Stan somewhere. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, if only. Maybe. Miles, write him a role as Stan. Stan. I'll do it. Yeah. Don't dare me to write a film. I'll do it. Um, Well, I'll work with Dylan Baker. Fuck yeah. He's great. Sure. Um, Steve, do you have a preference on those two movies since you've presumably seen at least one of them?
2: I've seen them both. Um... I never loved The Cell, Fair. and 13 Days, I barely remember. So let's go with the one I barely remember.
0: Fair enough. Um, I'm going 13 Days as well. I like The Cell, but The Cell is a mood movie. It's all mood and looks. It's a pretty, pretty flimsy plot. Uh, looks great, though. Miles, I think you'll you'll dig like the visual vibe of it, like inside a serial killer's okay. mind type thing. Um, yeah. 13 Days is basically a procedural, but instead of cops, it's people running in the country. It's about the 13 days where we thought we were going to have nuclear war. So it's um, Bruce Greenwood is JFK. He's pretty good there. Stephen Culp is RFK. I don't remember him as much there. Kevin Costner is uh, Kenny O'Donnell. Like he's the main character. He's like the special assistant. Like imagine like West Wing style, like one level off of like the main players. Okay. Dylan Baker is Robert McNamara, the secretary of defense. So he's, you know, the, the, the more uh, gung ho of the group it's a solid movie. It's, it's on the drier side, I think by comparison to some things, but I like it. Um, next up road to perdition or revolutionary road.
1: Um, revolutionary road is memorable for the two lead performances, but I don't know that it's memorable for much else. Hmm. Road to perdition is just brilliant. I think it's criminally underrated. So many great performances, beautiful cinematography. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. Steve,
2: I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm going Road to Perdition as well.
0: It's a it's a sweep. I don't dislike Revolutionary Road, but it's one of those movies that was the victim of a year's worth of telling us this is the big movie of the year. And you watch it and you're like, this is solid. But yeah, you're, you're basically watching it to watch them argue. Uh, Road to Perdition is great. And I got a really good story out of it from uh, Sam Mendes at, uh, at TIFF. He was getting his, uh, was it, I guess it was like a director prize at that award show. And he told the story of shooting a scene like it was a long day. They were like, it was towards the end of the night. It was rainy. So it was one of the rain scenes. Like everyone's wet and miserable. And he like, he says he's starting to feel bad. Like Paul Newman and Tom Hanks are just in the rain. He's like, I, I'm, this is not like what I would uh, want to be doing if I was them. And he walks over to Tom Hanks and is like, I'm, I'm so sorry. This is running over and Tom Hanks is like why are you, why are you sorry I'm standing on the Fox lot I don't remember which which studio but whatever lot he's like I was a waiter like over there and points in a direction I'm about to like shoot Paul Newman this is great like I'm so happy to be here and he he was like that's that's how I want people to to think like you know they'd be like we're we're lucky to be doing this this silly thing for a Living and his postscript is like about 20 minutes later Tom's driver shows up with a whole bunch of like donuts and coffee. So it was like so we we got a little bit of uh, warmth as well. So I always uh, it has helped me remember Road to Perdition even more fondly than I previously did, which was pretty fondly. All right, the next one starts our next cast member. So Dylan Baker, to my knowledge, is not in these movies. The piano or Margaret?
1: Okay, so now we're on Anna Paquin. There we go.
0: Um.
1: I don't think I've seen either of these movies all the way through. I've seen at least half of The Piano, like on and off on TV. It's just one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen, uh, I can't remember the context, but I've pr- probably seen like the first 30 minutes of Margaret and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I liked what I saw of The Piano more than what I remember seeing in Margaret. So all right. that.
2: Steve? Uh, the piano. I've never seen Margaret, but I actually enjoyed the piano.
0: I think the piano's fine. I have seen both the original and longer cut of Margaret, and they're both brilliant. Um, I like Kenneth Lonergan to begin with. I, I just, I love how like sprawling and about everything this like supposedly simple like, bratty girls like coming of age story is. It's so good. It's deeply underrated. It's long, so I won't, uh, I won't add it to the list just yet. I would I would I would do a whole episode of that movie uh, 25th hour or the squid and the whale.
1: Uh, I really like both of these movies. Um, oh, God.
2: They are. Hold both on. Great.
1: Squid and the whale or 25th hour. I think I'm going to go 25th hour just because what a great cast. Some of them doing among their best work. Yeah. Um, that monologue in the middle, and then his monologue at the end. Like, there's just so much great stuff in that movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed, Steve.
2: Um, I'm gonna go Squid in the Whale. guys. Nice. I mean, I, I think that both are are uh, great efforts. And with Squid in the Whale, I don't know. There's something about it that I just connected with. That I I always recommend it to people who've never seen or like. It's just a random one that I recommend to people. Like, check this out. And uh, I don't think anyone ever has, but (laughs) I, again, recommend check it out if you haven't.
0: There you go. Um, They're both great. I will go 25th hour. Love that movie. It's my favorite Spike Lee movie. A little bit of uh, trivia. So the, the monologue Miles references in the middle is like maybe the most like Spike Lee thing in a Spike Lee movie, in this Spike Lee movie, right? Give or take the dolly shot that's in every movie. Sure. But like dialogue-wise, it's like yeah. very like clearly. Oh my god! You know that's in the book. It's not something he wrote. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like what a what a great pairing of material once you realize that.
1: Well, it's kind of um, like how um, No Country for Old Men. You watch it out of context, and it's like, oh, this sounds like Cohen Brothers dialogue, but it's pretty much verbatim from uh, the Cormac McCarthy book.
0: Sure, they 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 read it, and we're like, yeah, this is this is gonna work for us. Uh, next up. X two or almost famous. Hmm. X to, like
1: X Men two. Yeah, yeah. X two X Men United. If you want the full title. Um, X two is one of the better X Men films for sure. Uh, but almost famous is an
2: absolute classic. Yep. Steve, I agree with everything you everything you said there, but for personal reasons, I'm going X two. Yeah.
0: Reasons he won't tell us, though. I won't tell you. It's mm. uh, it's kind of sad. Triple X two. No, no, no. Oh, well, one, one can dream. I'm um, going almost famous. It's one of my all time favorite films. So can't uh, can't go any other direction than that. Not that X two isn't isn't a good movie, but I think X two is
2: possibly the best of the X Men films.
0: If you don't it's, include it's Logan, up there, Logan is. Logan is the best if we're counting it. Otherwise, yeah. it's X2 or I guess Days of Futures for the past. I, I would say first class for me. First class is good too. Those are the top three, minus Logan.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, Logan is obviously the best.
0: Yeah, Logan's best. So, I, I mean, uh, are you sure you don't want to go with X Men Origins Wolverine? Positive. <sighs> yeah. Miles' uh, long term issues with Gavin Hood began there. I, I think they kind of began and ended
1: there. I don't know that I hold anything else against him. I mean, Ender's Game, but whatever. That was never going to be
0: good. Oh, strike two. <laughs> um, last uh, last grouping might be slightly harder to figure out who it is, but I think you can do it. Zodiac or adaptation?
1: Hmm. Um. Uh, Brian Cox, right?
0: There you go. Well done. Oh.
1: Good um. This is the toughest one so far because these are among my favorite films for sure. Uh, I might give the slight edge to Adaptation, but they're both masterpieces.
0: Alright,
2: Steve? Yeah, uh, this is a good one. I'm going to go Zodiac. Um, but Adaptation is excellent. And Adaptation is it a an amazing trailer as well. Sure. No, yeah. Go back and watch it.
0: Um, adaptation for me. Close, though. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a coin it, flip. It comes down to what you'd rather watch right now, I think. For me, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Right now, and, it's Zodiac. It is the season. Fair. That's very fair. Um, Troy or The Ring? <laughs> um troy
1: has that really sweet moment at the beginning where brad pitt jumps and like plunges a sword into a guy's neck and uh, eric Bana is really good in it but otherwise it's pretty unmemorable um the ring i would argue is better than the original uh it's maybe gore verbinski's best movie it's just so visually evocative naomi watts sort of when she was just breaking out it's fantastic the ring
0: Also, does any director have a better name for an October podcast than Gore Verbinski? Gotta love it. I guess Rob Zombie. Well, yeah, but it's also not his real name. No, I I got it. There's one more, Wes Craven. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think, and I believe that's his given name, right? Uh, To my knowledge, yeah. Be a strange one to change it to hard to beat that one uh steve where are you at on this one
2: uh troy is forgettable
0: Hmm. and
2: the ring i loved the first time i saw it the second time around it didn't have the same effect but still a uh still i could still appreciate it so i'll go with the ring Hmm.
0: i may watch Um, it a third time to see if it maybe it's just an off night for me yeah, I guess, I guess The Ring. Neither one made like a massive impact on me, but I also watched The Ring a little later on in its run, so it had already gone from like, oh my god, everyone wants to see it, it's terrifying, to already being made fun of a little bit. So I wonder if that ever like damaged, to some degree, my reaction to it. By the way, does anyone know Rob Zombie's given name? What? It's Robert Cummings. So. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, Robert. Different- yeah, different, different, uh, different career he could have had if he kept that one. But like, it is funny that he's like, "I'm changing my name, but I'm keeping Rob. I'm I'm real yep. good on Rob." But zombie, you know, we all have our things. And uh, finally, Manhunter or Rushmore.
1: Um, Manhunter is really cool in that early Michael Mann kind of way.
0: Yes, he was um, very
1: cool it's very stylish but I don't know like I hate to say it but I probably prefer red dragon in terms of versions of that same story
0: doesn't it doesn't it like well. bother you that like red dragon is like very well made because it's Brett Ratner well it's Brett Ratner's best film um yeah and, and, it, and it it bugs me because I I so much prefer the vision of Brett Ratner as this like like just bro constantly like masturbating instead of directing like just like this awful human being but like red dragon has like effort and some style and like a really good cast like doing good work yeah it's 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 crazy it's i i you almost want to know what was going on there like did he stop doing cocaine for for six months i don't know that he did cocaine watch we get sued now but like you know what i mean like there's just there's nothing about the rest of his resume director wise that suggests that yeah I know it, it really stands out it's so bizarre because he's um, not like he's not an inept filmmaker and then we'll get off of Brett Ratner because fuck him but like everything else is just so like is there any style to like rush hour you know or, or um, tower heist I guess the family man was like him trying to make a kid a family movie but like everything else is like I don't know the, the X-Men The Last Stand is everything you like about X-Men but worse right
2: yeah, was well, that X three?
0: Yeah, he did the third one, that had no
2: one. Yeah, that was terrible. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, Yep. X two right. only made X three. Uh, made Last Stand worse than it was because it it was led into by a, a, one of the best.
0: But- True. Miles uh, um, X Men Apocalypse X three or Wolverine X Men Origins Wolverine. Sorry. Uh, out of the three
1: origins, Wolverine is the worst. Um apocalypse sucks and i'd probably say x3 is the best of those three it's still yeah, got stuff it's, going on
2: yeah
0: because it's, it's got a
2: lot like, of stuff going on
0: yeah it only sucks like part of the time apocalypse yeah sucks there's competent stuff
1: the in it uh apocalypse is just a joke and wolverine is barely a real movie yeah
0: i saw um i was at an event for a senior the robert Downey senior documentary and um robert Downey jr and his family were obviously there but um Interestingly enough, Oscar Isaac was there. Oh. Which and they're apparently friendly. I was like, does Mo- Moon Knight never interacted with Iron Man, right? But uh it was just funny to see them looking at that. I was like, I don't wanna like bring up that you basically played Ivan Ooze, but you kinda played <laughs> Ivan Ooze there, Oscar. Yeah. And I feel like he would be like, Yeah, that you know, what are you gonna do? But it happens. Uh Steve. Are you, which one are you picking? It, oh,
2: so, so if it was red dragon. To, to I, it would back be tougher. To the original question.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because Miles is not going manhunter. It seems like.
2: Yeah, if it was red dragon, it would be tougher for me. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go with Rushmore.
0: I don't care for Rushmore, so I have to go manhunter. But also, you guys like uh, Wes Anderson a lot more than I do. So there's not much to. Really, no way around that one. Did either of you guys see the, the tweet about um, how Wonder Boys is ruined for someone? Oh, yeah, because it's Iron Man sleeping with Spider-Man in front of Ant-Man. Yes. Did you see the follow-up? Someone responded that um, there was another one. I'm finding it for you guys. I, I was very amused by that, that, like, there's so many people in superhero movies now that, like, prestige films are becoming, like, weird, like, fan fiction.
1: Yeah, you can look at it through a lens and it becomes kinda of
0: bizarre. I mean it's it's a choice. Like I knew someone who used to uh read um House of Cards fan fiction. Okay. And and I was like, all right. I mean listen, whatever someone's into is cool, but I was like, I don't know, those those are not like the most attractive men in the world to to then want like to see them go at it. Also, you know, nowadays you're like, ugh, Kevin Spacey, like yeah. please keep him far away from any of our fantasies. But, you know, or apparently just Paul Schrader's fantasies, his oh, fantasies of casting Don't someone. even, don't even. <laughs> I told someone that story today, and I love that your reaction afterwards was like, how would you like to be Joel Edgerton? <laughs> told, like, you get this
2: job.
1: Yeah, it's I know. If thing. I was Joel Edgerton and I heard about that after the fact, I'd be fucking
0: furious. Yeah, So, so once you realized you couldn't, like, distract people by casting Kevin Spacey, you went to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, uh, so Max Avery said, you know, Wonder Boys now is the movie where Iron Man has sex with Spider-Man in front of Ant-Man, and someone responded with that they have a similar problem with Spike Lee's remake of Old Boy, even though if that's the only problem you have with Spike Lee's remake of Old Boy, you were not paying attention, but it's uh, there. It's Thanos torturing Nick Fury before having sex with Wanda and killing Mantis. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, we live in an interesting timeline, considering. Um. So, Miles has been doing his uh, horror every day tweeting and watching. Uh, Catch us up on what you watched since last week. And do the movie that you know is leading into the next thing last. So, if you have to amend the order, amend the order. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh,
1: well, let me just burn through these, because some of them I have more to say about than others. Uh, So, I started off the month with the Fear Street trilogy, the first of which was solid. And the second two were less solid, but overall, it's still pretty cool. Uh, I saw one cut of the dead, which I've been meaning to get around to forever. And as both as both a horror fan and a filmmaker, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, If you've ever made or worked on an independent movie set, I highly recommend you watch it the same way that I would recommend something like Living in Oblivion. Mm. Um, I saw the two Terrifier
0: films back to back. Which Uh, I was I'd never heard of. So I was interested in these.
1: Well, let me say right off the bat, Art the Clown, he's up there with, like, Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface. Like, he's, like, a new icon in horror, I think. Just give it time. Is he a monster
0: or just a clown?
1: He's a guy. Like, that's what's interesting in the first one, at least, is that he's basically just a killer who's really committed to this mime aesthetic. But he is just, like, a flesh and blood, like, killer. Um, He's just super quirky. Then the second one kind of... Jumps into maybe there's a supernatural aspect to it and like he's showing up in people's dreams and stuff like that. So I'm not quite sure where he's at now. (laughs) He's already at the point of his right. Uh, Yeah, the first one in particular, you can really see the seams, but in a lot of ways that works for its benefit because In many ways, I like the first one more because it is just like a down and dirty 90 minute, like, you know, slasher movie that mainly works because the new killer it introduces is really compelling to watch and like effectively creepy. The second one is like, it's it's very similar to you go from the raid to the raid two, where it's like an hour longer and there's a lot more stuff in it. And the new stuff isn't really why you're there to watch it. But the stuff that you are murder. Exactly. The stuff you're there for is never better. So awesome. those were kind of interesting. Uh, I caught up. Uh, our, so I saw the new Hellraiser, yes. uh, which we talked about last week briefly. I thought it was fine.
0: Yeah. So you're right uh, in between Steve and I.
1: Which, you know, being fine already makes it like the second best Hellraiser movie. Um, well, because it's not exactly uh a, a illustrious franchise. but No, um,
0: no it's... It's oddly, like, I don't know how you felt the, about it, but the more I think about it, the more I both appreciate that it has, like, actual things on its mind besides, you know, oh, right, let's get Pinhead in here. But also, you, you kind of want Pinhead in there?
1: Yeah, and I think it it's smarter than a lot of the Hellraiser sequels in the sense that it leans directly into the Cenobites rather than have yeah. them show up for two scenes as, like, background dressing.
0: Yeah, um, essentially Pinhead and the Cenobites are, are equal builds. Yes. Well, and they're, and they're just overall
1: much more prominent in the narrative. Um, human villains, super weak. I didn't really find myself caring about most of the characters and their drama, um, which is par for the course with these things. But this one's like clearly trying a little bit more to have like fleshed out character arcs. And I don't think it's fully successful in
0: that. You You can tell David Bruckner got the job to do that or that was the pitch was like, what if we really invested you in these characters? And it's not the strongest part of the movie, but I would, I would say it's appreciated if nothing else. Like I like that. It's a, it's do I'm not against them trying it. I just don't know that
1: it necessarily gels with the stuff that you are there for.
2: I just don't think anyone's talking about that unless you're talking about the film. No one says, man, that human drama. Did you see it? Oh yeah. And by the way,
0: uh, torture also pinheads in it (laughs) pinhead i mean like some some gnarly like uh violency gore stuff in there but also i still maintain um our our crappy human villain is like weird key torture thing going on in his chest is
1: oh my god what is yeah that's that 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 one was because like the practical effects and the creature designs and all the stuff is like some of the best it's ever been in the franchise but there's that one thing in the middle of him that's just like oh this is a weird choice it kind of looks like
0: someone going to comic-con as like someone from a saw movie
1: yeah (laughs) but (laughs) like they they made up their own trap or whatever um i will say this i think jamie clayton is the new pinhead phenomenal i would watch another one just to see her get to do a bit more with it
0: yeah, I, if they—I don't know—they're gonna make more, but if they do, I'm I'm down. Just because they they got sort of the the beginnings out of the way, you could do a movie that leans way more into what's going on with with the Cenobites and the priest, as I believe is the billing. Like Pinhead is yeah. our you know long term nickname, but yeah, you still I think if you've never heard of Hellraiser, it's a little puzzling. So.
1: But yeah, well it was it interesting because um I'd seen it a few times, but uh, I watched it with Kelly for the first time for our first 31 days of Halloween, and then yeah. we were watching it this time and she's like, Okay, I'm trying to remember the rules. Like, how does the puzzle box work? Okay, so if you open it, then what happens? They come after you or you choose someone for them to go
0: after. <laughs> yeah, they, so- they are sticklers for the rules, these these movie monsters in this one.
1: Well, and I think this iteration leans into that a lot more than they have before, because in a lot of the sequels, it's kind of just anything goes. But this one, they've clearly like, okay, these are the stages that it goes into, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, but yeah, there's it's, a it's, bit it's of- there's, there's there's fun stuff in it, but it just the whole is I mean, less than the sum of its
0: parts. Yes. Yeah, it's also still kind of like the Wishmaster horror movie of it all, with like, yeah. like well, how you how you phrase things and like though though interestingly like. They're clearly villains and monsters, but they're they're following just sort of like their programming in a way. Yeah. And the resolution where like the our our main character essentially wins, for lack of a better word, is is just them being like, Well, I guess you're playing by those rules. Like it's just interesting that the rules have that option of like, Yeah, you know, you could you could take all these things that like, if you're really paying attention, are different bad options, or the one that's like, we leave you alone. (laughs)
1: exactly yeah the other
0: like the you know the human villain clearly picks a a different one which i guess if they make another one he's he's there right
1: uh yeah i guess i kind of hope they don't but they could
0: i mean it's i mean every every hellraiser sequel has added some different setabytes, so true true he
1: could be in the background
0: totally he he could be you know mumbly peg or whatever you want to call him just like in the background drooling. there you go totally
1: uh, so after that I saw like the surprise hit of the month so far uh, which was Smile yeah. um, I had very low expectations going in uh, I, I don't remember if we talked about it on air or not but it's, um, it's a yep, trailer, trailer right? that I've seen like a million bajillion times and so I was kind of just oh yeah I'm just ready for this one to come out so I don't have to see it anymore but then you know good early word of mouth so I figured I'd give it a shot and it's so scary. <laughs> and nice. like I I watch so many horror movies, so like I'm pretty desensitized to most of what you're going to see in this kind of thing, but I had like I was watching it through my fingers a few times. Like I
0: Excellent. was kind of shocked. Um I mean, I'm, I'm going in on Friday assuming uh, my plans work out pretty blind still. So
1: good, good. Well, there's yeah. some Listen, it takes some turns towards the end. It's not quite on like a barbarian or malignant level, but there's definitely some stuff in there where you're going to be like, oh, this was not where I would have ever guessed it would go. Excellent. Um, it's
2: retaining so its audience, right? It's doing pretty well.
1: Oh my God. It had like the best um, like second weekend holdover for horror movies since Get Out, I want to say. Um, it's already like quadrupled its budget and then some.
0: Is it R-rated or PG-13? I don't remember. It might be Pg-13,
1: because
0: I was just thinking oh. of like things I know that I, I believe had exceeded expectations horror wise. Like, wasn't it like Happy Death Day, and the sequel did better than expected? Yeah, like somewhat surprise hit. So, some something there's so some special sauce to getting people, because we always recommend horror movies that 17 people see. There's got to be a way to get people to see them, like 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 in the same way people go to see a Smile or Happy Death Day. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: It is rated R.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Okay, because there is some pretty gnarly stuff in it, but it's, it's. I will say, if you're sensitive to jump scares, it is Jump Scare City, but it is, they're all earned. It's not a lot of like, oh, you hear something in the other room, and it's just the cat, or it's just the boyfriend coming home, or whatever. Like, sure. when there's a jump scare here, it's like, organic to the threat that's going on. All right. Uh, So highly recommend that Uh, saw glorious on shutter where JK Simmons is a Lovecraftian monster in a uh, motel rest stop talking through a glory hole. Uh, So that's fun. Um, It's kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's just a guy in a bathroom talking to a, you know, eternal monster. Uh, And there's some interesting twists and turns in it. It's not amazing, but if you have shutter and you're interested in that kind of thing, I definitely recommend it cool uh saw the mcu special halloween special werewolf by night which was just delightful um classy you know old school universal aesthetics um i would definitely see more of these i hope they do one every year now
0: i would imagine they're gonna now right
1: right i would hope well i mean the reception to this has been nothing but great so i think we'll get more Um, And then earlier today, uh, shortly before uh, coming on to record, uh, we rewatched Cabin in the Woods, which is just an old favorite. And sometimes you just want to go back to one that you really like and you know everything works. And it's just being wrapped up in a warm cinematic blanket.
0: Exactly. How can you be upset about that? Exactly.
1: And Um, there's one left, which is a film that we are going to discuss now. Ish uh, or on what later. Steve was
0: about to say, what were you Steve, about to, say? What, you I was about to say? say? what
2: is the scariest one scariest film so far? Smile. I think it's definitely smile like
1: head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, the one that we're about to talk about definitely has some moments, but uh smile, you know, per beat is like definitely the most consistently like effective one.
0: Nice. All right. All right. Um, Yeah. So uh, Miles also saw the movie that is our uh, horror discussion for the week.
1: Yeah, the so, we, uh, yeah so we're So we doing The Night House. We fucked up last week. Specifically, I fucked up because we said we were going to do The Blob. And then after we stopped recording, we realized The Blob wasn't streaming anymore. Uh, so we had to change plans a little bit. So we did The Night House, which I've been trying to see since, was it last year or the year before that it came out? think last year last year by the way we, we put up
0: the blob as a shot of the day one day this week so you got the blob kind of
1: there you go yeah put it back on streaming you cowards <laughs> um so yeah i finally saw it. you guys had both already seen it before this right
0: yes my review yes. is on
1: the site uh my interview with david bruckner talking about the film was up on the site well there you have it and you guys are both uh pretty positive on it right
0: yeah, yeah i or- i I think I agree with the thing you're probably going to bring up, but we'll talk about it in a bit. I think Rebecca Hall is phenomenal in it, and I like that is it's as much a drama as it is a horror film. It's a it's a very hard needle to thread, and I think uh-huh. he does it better in this than he did in, in Hellraiser. But it is definitely the David Bruckner style to make like essentially two types of movies and smash them together.
2: I think if you go into it, not knowing what you're going to see, uh, it plays well either way. Um, you know, it's definitely like a uh, chocolate and peanut butter and the old, uh, Reese's peanut butter's cup that it's both, but individually, they both, they're both strong enough that I think it works. So uh, I'm curious what miles has to say. So let's uh, continue.
1: OK, so, yeah, I've been, you know, the hype has been strong for this one since it came out. You know, it just it was one of those weird ones that like it was never in theaters around me. And then I just, you know, took me forever to get around to. But that's the point of this year's 31 days. Um, I agree to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rebecca Hall is phenomenal, as she always is. Um, I think there's some really unsettling atmosphere, some great stuff done with sound design, uh, some really subtle sort of supernatural visuals. So there's a lot of really good stuff in it. And I think the drama and the stuff about the trauma and grief and things like that are effective uh, in isolation. It's when that stuff blends with the ghost stuff that the the wheels start to fall off a little bit for me. And I can't really talk about what my big problem with the movie is without getting into spoilers. So the movie's been out for a year plus. You know, big fat spoiler warning, skip ahead a little bit if you don't want this movie ruined for you. Um, I was with it up until the last, like, 20 minutes, basically. And then you find out what's really going on and the moment it happens is super scary but then (sighs) i think my problem is what it ends up being is so disconnected from everything that's happened up until then and it's such a metaphor as monster kind of I don't know. It's like, it's like the worst example of what people talk about when they talk about like the quote unquote elevated horror, where it's all like, there's no subtext anymore. Now, like the metaphor has to be text, you know, it's like what the Babadook is a good version of. Um, And it was just so much hokier than anything else in the movie that it kind of I felt like I was on a trebuchet. It just threw me out of it completely. And then by the time you are able to sort of come to terms with what it is, um, the movie's almost over. And so I feel like the resolution definitely left me in a place where I was like, oh, is that it? Um, and I think maybe it was a victim of my own expectations because I'd heard it was this great thing for so long. Um, I don't know. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a bit disappointed by this one.
0: There. Steve, I think you like the movie even a little bit more than I do. So, how do you respond?
2: I'm—I I didn't have that issue. I mean, I thing is though I went in, I saw it pretty early on. Um, I think I had a screener, so I didn't have a lot of anticipation. Um, I'm just a fan of Rebecca Hall in general, so I was willing to see it. Sarah Goldberg's in there in too. That's a, that's always a plus. So. I, and I don't, I, you know, par for the course with me. I don't think I had seen a trailer even. So I went in completely blind and was just exploring it. Not really, not low expectations, but just not super high expectations. You know, Rebecca Hall does a lot of very, uh, quote unquote, arts, artsy type film. So,
0: she's you know, you're not going to, she's the elevated scream queen at this point. Yeah. Well, now yeah.
2: she is. Yes. Yeah. Especially well, after both this. Both of you year. have both of you seen
0: Resurrection or just Steve? Yes. I have not. Okay. I. It, when you get around to that one, it's not quite a horror film, but she the, that movie's doing a thing that's as fucked up as as anything else. Like like isn't Glorious yeah. like barely a horror film because it's just kind of like a weird premise and it's talky more than anything else.
1: Um. I mean, there's definitely enough st- horror stuff in it to justify calling it that, and there's a twist okay. towards the end that pushes it even further in that direction but it's it's more dialogue driven than anything yeah
0: yeah because resurrection is a very talky movie but there's a particular monologue where you're like excuse me come Mm. again uh when you see it you'll understand but yeah well this definitely feels like
2: this could be in the uh 824 ifc offerings of the year
0: i mean it is ifc yeah it is it oh is it a? the night house is IFC. ifc i believe right Miles, you just watched it. What logo it's came searchlight. up? Searchlight. Oh god, I don't fucking know. Oh no, yeah, well, it was. It was Searchlight. Searchlight. There we go. Yeah, because yeah. I guess. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it was on Hulu eventually, and Searchlight and Hulu have their thing, right?
1: Also, Hellraiser I guess I think uh, HBO Max. The Searchlight stuff tends to go to first. Because That's Wars? where I that, watched it. Well, HBO,
0: HBO Max is Warner Brothers, though. Yeah,
1: but for some guess, reason, guess, the Searchlight because like Nightmare Alley went there after it came out. Uh, French Dispatch. Well, well
0: Nightmare, Nightmare Alley. Okay. Um, well, because, um, Searchlight and Hulu have a, a specific deal, I think, for certain things. Yeah. Like with, um.
1: Well, I think that's part of, like, why Prey went straight to Hulu, because if it was in theaters, then when it did go to streaming, it would have to go to HBO Max because of some weird legal loophole with, yeah, yeah. um, the rights. Isn't
0: that the same with, um, with Fresh? Fresh yeah, was, yeah, think, exactly. Just sort of specifically to be a Searchlight, but Hulu, as a way to to get around like giving it to Warner Brothers and HBO Max eventually. I
1: exactly.
0: Think. Ah, the the cesspool that is uh, business. All right, back to the cesspool of ghosting uh, ghosts and, and ghoulies in uh, in the nighthouse. So yeah, you I, I, I wasn't as bothered, but I did I did find that it it like once it showed its hand, it was less mysterious. Cause you're watching the movie for most of its running time. Curious if what they say is going on is actually going on because you're like, that's unsettling, but like not scary, you know. And in, in the way that, like, a ghost story, if you guys remember, a ghost story is not a horror film, yeah. But the, the premise is unsettling, like, you wouldn't want to be necessarily watched over by your dead spouse, but what would that be like? And you know, David Lowry was like, well, your spouse would be very sad and wish they could communicate with you, but they can't, and and the um. Bruckner's writers who also did Hellraiser. So this is a similar same team vision type thing has a little bit more of a like, well, they're, they're different now. So like, even if they're potentially harmless, they're, they're not the same. I don't know. It's it, when it's still being mysterious, it's very compelling when you get into like the, the full on horror aspect of it. You're like, well, I guess you need it to turn into horror movie. Like, I mean, listen, I, I don't love Hereditary as much as everyone else does, but Hereditary did the same thing. It eventually was like, well, here's what we're doing, except and it's a little the, sillier than everything else.
1: The difference here is that once the the silly thing comes about, it I, I feel like. Cause when Hereditary goes full horror, it's got like Tony Collette's crawling around on the ceiling and sawing her own head off and it Oh no, it goes into like it goes, it, it, like, it goes to eleven. It goes up to eleven, exactly. This one doesn't even get up to five. Like there's one or two like creepy images of her like being dragged around and stuff, but then it just kind of goes to the boat and then it's just like, oh, Like, she just, like, kind of turns to the left a little bit, and the entire emotional crisis is resolved.
0: Yeah, I think you're supposed to really get a lot out of, the like, okay, well, what's been watching and interacting with her for the last 90 minutes or so has been...
1: But the problem is, we
0: we don't ever learn enough about what that thing
1: is. It literally identifies itself as nothing. Uh, So there's no... Like, oh, so we're now being introduced 20 minutes before the movie's over to this new concept and like, but not given enough information to sort of understand how much, if any kind of threat it is. I mean, clearly it's like passionate enough to be hunting after this one soul for years, but also stupid enough to be consistently tricked by being fed other souls that kind of look similar. Yeah. Like, it just, I don't know, like- the explanation they give for a lot of the red herrings that we followed for most of the movie about the husband, it it just I don't know. It feels like a weird rewrite situation. Sure, it, it individual
0: just, moments work better. Like 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 under the floorboards is a, is an incredibly like freaky like oh shit.
1: <laughs> well, exactly, and and it seems like the movie's going in one direction that could be really compelling. And again, I was completely with it until this point, but I do think there's something to be said for a lot of the time if an ending is like really bad or disappointing or what have you it can throw off the vibe for the rest of the film and unfortunately I think that's what's happened for me here
0: well, you heard it first miles did not receive a happy ending not on this one um uh, uh, well we'll turn we'll, tu- we'll we'll turn ire towards uh Steve for a second because Steve I saw Halloween ends
2: all right don't tell me anything I, I'm crossing my fingers I did see your tweet. And yeah. crossing my fingers that the way I'm interpreting it is maybe I'll like something about this one. Well, so.
0: I, I still don't know that I get what you don't like about them specifically. So what uh, I'll say is, I, first of all, well, go ahead one second. Um, technically, the embargo lifts at three o'clock. So everyone who's listening, pretend actually just cross your fingers and tell me that you listen to this at three o'clock. All right. Okay. good. We got that out of the way. That's binding, right? We're, we're legally safe. Yeah, sure, totally. Um, I'm. I'm. We'll
2: be publishing this at three o'clock, so
0: it'll probably be up at six.
2: If you are listening uh, before then, you are a hacker, and shame on you. Exactly.
0: Shame. Because, um, this Keep may be up lunch. at six a.m. Eastern time, but in Haddonfield time, it's three p.m. There we go. I think we're we're fully safe now. Um, well, yeah. It's it's if if your issue with the first two movies is that. I've seen this and I've seen it done better and I don't want the same movie done over and over again. Halloween ends is doing a different thing by far. Um, I gave miles a little bit of information and I don't know that he's more or less interested, but he's definitely mildly puzzled.
1: Yeah. It's uh,
2: (laughs) a, see, I I like that. Go ahead. Sorry. This is, Oh no,
0: that was, I didn't have anything. In in the way that I would say, I don't know that you could tell me David Gordon Green directed the first two movies. I, I think you can tell he directed the third one. There's some there's a little bit more of his aesthetic. Um especially if you've seen some of his earlier films when he was still like the indie darling. If you think like George Washington, for example, like the like urban but industrial like I like the like just like the industrial vibe of like small town, he's he's back to. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Also, just the choices that I, I, I hinted at to Miles that I, I'll leave for you to discover. I guess you're going to watch it this weekend, Steve, right? I hope, maybe. Sorry, I stepped away for a second. I just oh, I, re- I, I, said, uh, uh, I said you're going to watch it this weekend, right? I'm going to watch it Friday. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll, we'll discuss it as like yeah. a bonus discussion next week. Um, the things that I think... David Gordon Green used to do that you could, couldn't really tell in the other films are a little more evident here. It's still, you know, a horror film in a way, but it, it's making some interesting choices and <sighs> it, it almost feels like they were aware that another film just continuing the same night of like Michael Killamore people and eventually fighting Laurie wouldn't fly this time. So they've made some some very bold choices. I will concede the press screening I was at seemed largely mixed, possibly even towards negative. Um, I think the the big choices it's making, if they don't work for you, you're gonna find the movie ridiculous. Um, one of my colleagues, who I was uh, talking to about it, who saw the movie a week or two ago to do like interviews, you know, do the long lead interviews, liked it, but had prefaced by telling me it's weird. And that's accurate. This is this is the maybe the first Halloween since Season of the Witch that I would call weird. Besides I guess how Rob Zombie's Halloween two, Right? Those are probably the only weird ones per se. Yeah,
2: sure. even 2 was knowing it, it I'm was I'm sorry, was Halloween 3. Hands. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Season I would say the the weird Halloween so far are Season of the Witch, right? That movie's weird. Yeah. That's 3. Um Rob Zombie's Halloween too, with the weird like, yeah, family stuff going on. It's weird. It's it's more like hallucinogenic than the first one. Good or bad? It's weird, and this one has a very weird series of choices going on. The others, Uh, I think,
2: six. Halloween six, the six is the one that gets Myers. into
1: like the cult stuff. And
2: yeah, it, that's when it really it, gets into it. And it kind of was, it has, that's a Paul Rudd one. It was a mess. Porn? Um, what, it, it, what's it's, his name? It's, died during it. Donald Sutherland died during the yeah. production. It's,
0: it's not, or, um, Donald,
2: Donald Pleasant. Donald
0: Pleasant. Donald Sutherland. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Donald died.
2: Donald died during Donald. During no, no, Donald Sutherland did die, but they revived him.
0: And Donald, unfortunately, <laughs> little known fact, Donald <laughs> Sutherland is one of the victims in that Halloween film. Uh but yeah, no. The, I guess that one, that one, to a lesser degree, because I think they'd already sort of become like, not quite a joke, but they were sort of running.
2: No, I th- th- no, I think four, five, and six. Four was the last, in my opinion, the last good Halloween film. Five was watchable. Five is a classic uh, sequel that uninspired. Six oh, tried yeah, by, some, by that time. Five and six doing. tried something, but it was poorly written and it just a, it just a mess. Six
0: well, was like invested in by then.
2: Yeah, six was grabbing like they, the pieces and
0: hoping well, for the all, best. They all have that like, like with the Jason movies where it becomes like just bizarre and wild by the end because they have they're not getting any extra money. They know it's going to turn a profit. They're not attracting like top tier talent, so it's like here's your twenty dollars. Spend it as you see fit. You know, it's like when a cool. when a kid gets sent to like the arcade. Like, here's some money. Go go play whatever you want. And, like, if you're smart, you would allocate to play, like, you know, a couple of different things. But you're like, oh, I want to play the Lost World game. And you play that twice and run out of money. Yeah. And you're like, alright, that was weird.
2: Four set them set them up for something good. Five and six uh, wasted that opportunity. And after that, it's just been a mess. You know, they, they brought back Jamie Lee for uh, H2O and they didn't and, know
0: what to do with it, um, it other than make a scream, a scream film. Well they also have the other one. She that she was like, I'll come back if you kill me. Was that Resurrection?
2: No, Resurrection that- Oh yeah, no, yeah. That that was Resurrection with uh, Yeah,
0: like the opening sequence, right?
2: Yeah, with what's his name, the rapper. Uh, Buster uh, Rhymes. Yeah, Buster and, Rhymes and that was and, and, atrocious. And, and,
0: and Thomasine Nicholas. Yeah, that's the that's the like they're in like a reality show when he shows up to his house, right? He just wants to yeah. go home. Uh, But they're filming a damn reality show in my house. (laughs) Boy, dimension films was a thing at a time. Like, I mean, listen, I get it. Like I said a minute ago, like we're going to make money. This is just meant for like teenagers to make out while watching. Who cares? But also, you know, you could do better. Um, So I'm curious what you guys will think. We'll talk about it next week. My review will be up on the site at three o'clock or whatever I said it was. I I found it interesting. It's very messy. Um, I would say only about half of the big swings work, but I will always take a bigger swing as opposed to more of the same. Like, I, I liked kills more than both of you, but I also recognize it's, like, fine. But if it was more of the same like that and didn't at least try to do something new, by the, I w- it would have lost me by now. I'm just like, alright, you're you ran out of momentum. Like, you know, we differ on the first one, Steve, but like, I, I really appreciated okay, here's just a very back-to-basics Halloween movie done well. And maybe it even got slightly overpraised just for, like, doing that well. But um, this is the one that I think is the most, here's what we would do with the franchise without any obligation to the franchise, if that makes sense.
2: The thing is with these films, that the, the zombie and the, the most recent ones, is every time they come up, I get excited about Halloween films because Halloween, the original, is probably in my top five all-time films. Uh, top ten for sure. And I never want to continue. It's it's one, two's okay, three is good, but three doesn't really feel like the franchise, and four. So it's pretty much one and four are the... Are the the ones I like best everything else like these I understand what you know there's things I appreciate in them it's just at times I question do you are you making a, a, a true Halloween film so this the fact that they have a swing big and they've already failed in my eyes for the last two I'd rather them swing big and do something different and hope that I appreciate it rather than make a, a third one that feels like the last two
0: so sure fingers um. crossed Miles, have you seen all of them besides the newest one? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay, maybe maybe we'll rank them next week when we once we've all seen all three. Sure. I probably, three I probably, them.
1: to be honest, only similar to Steve, I probably only have like less than five that I really like.
0: Eh, we can we can still like parse through the the lessers just for the the shits sure. and giggles of it. Um, cool. Yeah, so we'll talk more about it next week once you can once I don't have to talk around it as much. And I think it's supposed to open like 50 million or something. So people who want to see it will have seen it. So we can, we can sort of move past that. Um, I have one other question that I want to bring up and then we'll check in on our saw votes and then we'll be good. Unless Steve, did you watch anything new you'd like to talk about? Um, I, I let me
2: pause for a second. It's the Dodgers are trying to come back and, uh,
0: no, uh, let's look this up while you while you do the while you check in on the Dodgers. The baseball season's over though, so I don't know what you're watching. Um oh, yeah it is. Uh Rosaline yeah,
2: season, Weird um, Tar
0: um, want quickly you want to quickly talk about those for a second? I'm going to watch
2: Rosaline uh,
0: tonight actually.
2: Rosaline is uh, it's what you'd hope it would be. It's nothing I mean, I-
0: I like Neustadter and Weber as writers. I like Caitlin Deaver. So, you know, I'm good.
2: Yeah, trying. and it's, you know, it's a it's a, a, a different take on on Romeo and Juliet and it works. It's something, it's a little uh, racier than, you know, that I would give to like my, you know, have my daughter watch probably. Um, but just, just on like, you know, just kind of on the edge of that. Um, but overall, I think it's going to have a, it's going to be well-received, Nice. I think uh, old young are going to enjoy it, and, and Devers is, is great. Um, nice. weird, weird, although I love uh, Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, it it's a little long. It's not as funny as I would hope it would be. Thing is, his music is funny. Yeah, his you know his genius is there already to try to turn that into something bigger. It, it probably would have played better for me if it was at least 15 20 minutes shorter um okay. but not that i didn't like it i just was hoping for a lot more um w- there are there are some moments when it really hits but overall you know it's uh, there's nothing wrong with it it's just it just didn't make me laugh like i thought it would
0: um'm um, getting my my link very soon because i just i couldn't make the press screen oh you've, you haven't seen it yet oh okay yeah, it, it was the one thing i couldn't make at at tiff that I got locked out of and then i know there were some long lead screenings but they've all just sort of like conflicted with either some NYFF stuff or mm. um a couple of other things that didn't happen which i'll i'll recap the festival for you guys next week because many of the things i've already seen and talked about at other festivals and Tomorrow morning, so as you guys are listening to this, I will be seeing She Said, which is one of our last remaining uh, Oscar films. Though, side note, I don't know if I talked about it last week. Senior, the Robert Downey Senior documentary Netflix just picked up, is very, very good. I highly recommend it. I think I think you both would enjoy it. It's also like 80 minutes long, so it's nice and, and bite-sized. Miles, I think you'll like the like rebel filmmaker aspect of it because he was just like off making these weird indie comedies when no one else was oh no I'm it's, super interested I think it'll be really good it made me want to revisit Putney's quote because I, I remember seeing it or maybe seeing a clip in film school and being like this is something I would I would I would think I would like watching it I think it probably would hold up pretty well today as like a real like a real dark satire of, of like people <laughs> so I would be I would be in Um and and Myles, uh, Steve I think you saved the one uh, the best for last and the one that Miles probably wants to see the best of the group
2: yeah, I was gonna ask. When are you seeing uh, Tar Miles? It's Whenever
1: it's out near me, uh, I think probably oh, towards so the yeah, end probably of the month. Two weeks, yeah.
2: I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I think Blanchette is incredible. Um, I mean, it's a thinker. It's not, and it's 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 very. I wouldn't say. I don't know. I was gonna say very dense. There's there's not a moment. You you really have to watch her, and and the whole way through, you know, she keeps you completely. Uh, captivated by her performance, but it's it's there's a lot being said, and I I, I think a second viewing would probably make me appreciate it even more. Um, it's a big ass to watch movie yeah. twice. I love I, I really like. No, it. I don't know. I I actually want to go back and see it again. I'm looking for another I mean, screening.
0: I would. I think once. I know this is gonna sound like a little little toity but once I get the screener. I'm more likely to revisit it cuz it is a big ask to to go yeah, like, well, again, long. Yeah, I saw it at Telluride when time is very compressed. So, it was it was a big ask to sit for a uh, 2 hour and 40 minute movie in between other long movies. Um and it also, I don't know if I remember I told you this Miles, but like it's 2 hours and 40 minutes, which whatever, it's a good movie, right? Who cares? Right. It opens with the credits. Yeah, so. The, cre- you one have thing to sit through the credits for. and and then the almost not the first act, but a solid 15 or 20 minutes is basically Blanchett as tar doing a like what the equivalent of like a post screening Q&A. So like I would say you spend mm-hmm. almost a half hour to start the movie watching the credits and listening to the character just talk about their resume. Fascinating. And then the movie starts. It's a it's a it's. It's a bold choice by Todd Field to be like, "No, you're watching a movie about Lydia Tarr and I made her up, but you're going to learn about her." It actually led to the thing really
2: is that's why I, that's why I appreciated that. I thought that oh, yeah. was great to you you're, you're locked, especially if you're especially if you're watching it in the theater, you are yeah. locked in there. You have one thing to focus on. You can't check your phone. And say okay. Oh, it, if it
0: was if it was on streaming, it might be it, it might lose people in the first couple minutes. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I. It's, Totally. It led to a very interesting uh, tweet of because uh, in the in the. Um, um, in the world of the movie where Lydia Tár is a real person, uh, she's an EGOT. So people are like, well, I wonder what she won her Oscar. Who did she compose an Oscar winning score for? It was a fun little conversation. So keep that in mind when you see it. Curious who you think it would be. OK, because um, actually there's a so um, Hildor, you know, Joker uh, composer, did the yeah. score. there's not a lot of the score um she conducts a lot of some of the music that she actually wrote but there's a concept album coming that hildor is doing of the music she wrote as lydia tar
1: oh interesting
0: yeah so if you're into the movie there's a whole like world of the movie kind of brewing but there'll be one i'm i'm eager to talk about in a couple weeks because um not really spoilers or anything but i want to be able to talk about the the third act a little bit more than it I think would be fair to talk without, um, miles having seen it. Yeah.
2: Cause it's, yeah. that's hey, sort should, of the
0: one divisive part of the movie is where it sort of leads up and ends at. Yeah. And I think we, we disagree on, I, I like it more than you. Definitely. Exactly. I'm, I'm I want to hear what miles thinks just cause I don't dislike yeah. it, but it's, it's the one point that I was like, I, I don't know that I needed this aspect, but we'll talk. We'll we'll see. We'll talk about it. Bes- um,
2: besides the credits, I, I, you know that that was a, i was a long night i had a busy day ahead of me coming up and
0: um i was just like oh really
2: oh yeah no, i was hoping more...
0: to <laughs> doing calculations of when the next screening is and can i get to the next yeah, thing and right. like you kind of build in the like all right well the runtime's really i was similar because the credits
2: yeah but i was doing more like my i have to get home I, I have things to get done and i'm like oh shit i have to watch the credits um but overall, I, I think I I I'm happy I saw it in the theater because oh, yeah, I was locked in and uh, and I'm I'm really curious what Miles has to say. But a quick question: um, as of right now,
0: what are your top three films of the year? Of the year? Um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna technically give you four because one is just I know people hate this, but remember remember um, Mark used to always do favorite versus best, and everyone yes. make fun of him. Um, and I'm I was like, I you know, whatever. I have one in my top that's that's favorite, not best. So like, Clerks. I'll, I'll say excluding Clerks three because that's probably my okay. favorite film of the year. But it it you know it's when I tell you the other when I tell you my my other four. So essentially, this is my top five. Let's say you can tell that it does not uh, fit in. Um, so currently, number five is The Whale. Number four is Top Gun: Maverick. Number three is Vengeance. And number two, so technically number one, is The Fablemans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you... Actually, since we're doing this, there's there's definitely some room in my top ten. Because um, six would be everything everywhere. Seven would be uh, Massive Talent. Eight is actually Glass Onion. Oh, wow. Well. Um, and as someone who was notably like, Knives Out is fine... I really like this one. Actually, my 8, 9, and 10 are all Netflix movies, so I really would like something else to come along, just so. Because um, I I still have the Adam Project up there, and that's not going to make it. But um, one movie that I... It's my number 10 right now, and I think will probably remain my number 10 because I do really like it. Hustle. The Adam Sandler Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Really like Hustle. Because uh, it's just like a medium... Like, you know, we've talked about this before. Like Like Netflix at their best is making movies that like, just don't get made anymore. And oftentimes they're, you know, the big auteur driven stuff that, you know, there's a reason they're not getting made just because they're expensive. Like, listen, we all are delighted. The Irishman exists, but if you were running, you know, uh, whatever studio, you could understand why someone said no. Right. At the end of the day, they're like, Oh, Oh, totally. You know, we we don't (laughs) think we're going to make money on it. Like we want this movie to exist. But, like, how can we make it? And that's just how these movies don't get made. So, like, I love that Netflix does that. But I really like that Netflix makes, like, a hustle. Because hustle's not getting made either. You know, like, I don't know how much it costs, but it feels like a $25 million movie. That just, you know, maybe Adam Sandler... On a a
2: 10-screen cinema, or uh, in a 10-screen cinema, it would be on, like, the 7 or 8. It's not the art film in the small theater. It's, like, that one that's tucked away that... That has a steady audience, and I, you know, that's what I miss about, uh, you know, about theaters being as popular as they were. Is, well, you don't have. you know, things grow organically, but
0: it's also, so rare that something that rises up. There's also just certain filmmakers who make a movie that isn't made that much anymore. Like it's not a, a coincidence that we, you know, we. I always use the example of like Jerry Maguire, right? Made $100 million, nominated for Best Picture, won an Oscar, not too far from winning a second or a third, that movie doesn't get made today, right? Or it's a Netflix Netflix movie and just right. goes to streaming. It's not a coincidence that we we have not gotten a Cameron C- Crowe movie in some time. And granted, the last one was not good, but he makes a movie that the studios don't value in the same way anymore. You know, we this goes back to what we were talking about last week with bros, like, you know, independent of like the politics of it, you want that movie to succeed because you want studios to give someone 20, $20, 30 million dollars to make a a studio comedy. Like you don't want them to just be streaming options. There's something about the going to the theater to watch a comedy. There's something about going to the theater to watch a rom-com. Like I watched one um, a week or two ago um, for a potential interview. Um, I want to get the title right. It's The People We Hate at the Wedding. I think it's called. It's like it's so the people we hate at the wedding. All right, Miles, this movie is a I think it's coming out in theaters, but it also like might be more streaming than anything else. Um, it's a it's directed by a someone who did a lot of TV. They did Kimmy Schmidt. They um, were an editor for The Office, like, you know, getting to make a, a film, right? How how it used to work, right? Um, The cast include is it's Kristen Bell is the lead, Uh, Allison Janney is in it, Uh, Ben Platt is is the brother. Uh, Like it's a really funny, like somewhat raunchy, like comedy. Uh, This should be a wide release, right? Like ten years ago, it would open in like three thousand theaters, right? It's an Amazon movie now. It's actually written by the. The sisters who did one of the drafts for Deadpool 3. Oh, the Molyneux sisters who do uh, Bob's Burgers. Exactly. So, like, they did a dirty, like, rom-com. Like, that should be a wide-release movie, right? Well, I remember... um when matt damon was
1: on hot ones he made a really good point about that whole thing that like the big difference now and the reason they don't do a lot of these sort of mid-budget movies anymore is because dvd sales aren't a thing really
0: no he's not compared
1: wrong. Like, it's not the only reason necessarily, but, like, a lot of movies like what we're talking about, they wouldn't necessarily do great in theaters, but you make them anyway because they do eventually make their
0: money back on home release. And now that everything's streaming, that just doesn't happen the same way anymore. I don't remember if it was him saying it or someone else. It might have been Kevin Smith. It might have been someone else. Like, this is not an, you know, a a lot of people have said this. And also, Kevin Smith and Matt Damon have made some of the movies that they're talking about that they've noticed the checks getting smaller. But- Um, yeah, you used to basically factor in DVD as like, all right, well, whatever we make in theaters, will double. So if we made a a $30 million movie, you know, we market it for another 30 or so, like, sure. And technically it costs 60, but if we break even in the theater, we'll be in the black eventually, because besides the whole, like selling the foreign territories and all, you know, selling it to Delta for the plane, all these little things that give you some money, you were banking on like, well, the DVD. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the rest, and also, it can wait. Like, it can take two years. I'm like, we just know it'll eventually be there. Right. Yeah, exactly. There, there are still 4K Blu-ray DVD sales. They're not what they used to be. They're they're an ancillary like bonus at this point. Um, I mean, go into a Best Buy recently, and it's it looks like there's it looks like they're doing great because they're sold out of it. It just means they're not really stocking them anymore. It's always a little depressing especially when something comes out that i'm just i didn't get sent and i'm curious if like one of us is on the the cover because you know we get quoted from things from time to time and you're just like all right well you can have a copy of dc league of super pets like that's that's certainly right there but you know it used to be everything was there like so many movies that like i you know wasn't gonna see in a theater at the time but found like by going to best buy and Sure, it was like $25 for a DVD sometimes. But like, it's how I saw The Machinist the first time. You know, like that's a movie that I'm sure didn't do great in theaters. But as people were getting into like that era of Christian Bale, like saw it out. I would venture a guess that movie, if it's profitable, is profitable from DVD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's just not a, you know, like I don't know exactly how this movie worked out. But yeah, like Amazon, whatever it paid for it, With Film Nation, like, that's the amount of money it's essentially making, give or take the, like, handful of theaters it might go into, if it goes into theaters at all. So, you know, we'll, we're not going to solve that problem, but, you know, it's interesting. So before we wrap up, uh, Kayfully had a question that I want to push to next week or the week after, but we're going to do in a way. So Kayfully says, could you do a horror Oscars, possibly two parts, pre-90s and post-90s? You guys nominate above the line categories for picture, director, actor, actress, supporting and screenplays. And then the community votes on it. I don't know if we're going to have a community vote on it just because we have something else going on voting wise. And that's a lot to like mix together. But we could definitely do this next week or the week after, like in the month of of October, we'll do a horror Oscars and we can do it. We'll vote together since there's three of us. We can break ties. Perfect. We'll come up. Maybe next week we'll come up with the nominees and the week after we'll vote. So, there'll be a week of people knowing what we nominated. I think that could work. Um, Steve, any objection there? All right, cool. So, before we go, check in on the current vote going on. Which staff members saw a reboot do you most want to see? Um, currently, Steve. Fine. I mean, Steve's. <laughs> well, Steve, you have 28.7% of the vote.
2: Not bad. Out of four?
0: Uh, out of 100.
2: No,
0: out of four four people. Yeah. Out of three, people I, out of three free people. I know. There's <laughs> a math um, joke. I'm bad at math. Uh, Miles, 34.6% ah. of the vote. Okay. And I currently have the slimmest of leads at 36.6% of the vote. I believe I am two votes ahead of Miles, if I calculated that correctly. So, so you Eddie, know,
1: do do anyway. what's right in your heart, people. <laughs> And and vote for the realist of the Saw movies, the one made by Kevin Smith.
0: Yes, I mean listen, because that's the situation I put myself in. Yeah, yeah, this has worked out great for me. Uh, it's it. I, we I will say um, without giving away numbers, a lot more of you have voted on this one, so this one caught some people's fancies. We've almost doubled the vote count, um, but people seem into it, so we will uh, we will continue next week we'll give you the results and then we'll we'll do our, our horror film which I know Steve is really going to be thrilled to have to while well, he's tired and busy pitch an entire movie once again
2: hey horror is fine Sam yeah. Raimi though sounds like a great director for the next Saw film can you imagine agree with you that think. vote for Steve vote for
0: Steve which one of you Can't Steve imagine. oh that's me <laughs> <laughs> I thought you I thought we were uh, the Stevie Call back to earlier Mummy Joe. Yeah, Little Stevie. Ah, there you go. All right. We'll uh, close up shop since we're all tired and sick and busy. Um, we actually made this less of a mess than I thought it would be. So that we we got on... We were almost like on a path the whole time. Very, very unusual for us. It'll be really bad next week. We promise. Um, say where you can be followed. And Miles... You know what? Miles, you tell me which movie on your um, horror films to watch list. You're most excited about in the coming days and also um since we did forget one thing tell the readers what we'll be reviewing such so l- listeners what we'll be reviewing next week
1: uh yes uh well you can find me on both twitter and letterboxd at miles on film that's m-y-l-e-s on film please check out my short films american exorcist and once upon a dracula they are both on youtube under aftershock pictures and chase capo respectively uh and let's see
0: give me the prompts again i'm so sorry
1: oh <laughs> <It's> um, <late. laughs>
0: which of, yeah which of the upcoming 31 days of horror yes that you're most excited for and uh tell them what we'll be reviewing next week we're discussing so discussing next week at joey's
1: very polite insistence uh we are going to be looking at vhs 94 Uh, And that is available to stream on Shudder. So feel free to watch along and come back. We'll be talking about it. And I
0: guess, will you have seen the newer one or did you already see? I have it in my inbox. So by the time we talk about it, I can also update on how VHS 99 is. And who knows if uh, Miles really likes 94, maybe he wants to push forward. Because they also just announced this week. That next year, VHS eighty five, which did you see? Who's directing? Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty strong lineup. It's it's Sam definitely Sam director. You actually, there's a world in which Sam Raimi eventually does one of these. Um, actually, David Bruckner is one of the ones. I saw. Yep. Um, I know Steve did. Uh, David well, Bruckner he's he's done not. at least one or two of the earlier he's ones. He's returning. Adam Adam Wingard is returning. Joe Swanberg oh, I didn't is see returning. Him. Yeah. Radio Silence is returning. And uh, one of the ones also making one, Ty West. Well, and isn't uh, Scott Derrickson
1: doing one too?
0: Yeah, that's the biggest name. Wow. Um, Also, uh, Glenn McQuaid of I Sell the Dead. Uh, The direct, one of the, I don't know if it's the director of Lucky, but someone who involved in Lucky. Lucky is a good movie. Mm -hmm. And the director of Wrong Turn. And also someone from the purge series who's not the director gotcha there we go but yeah vhs 94 coming your uh, way so,
1: so that's what we'll be talking about next week in terms of what i've got coming up that i'm excited for uh we're going to be watching wendell and wild when it releases on the 28th i've been looking forward to this one since i even heard about it nice. uh so i'm really excited to see what happens there That said, the wild card pick that I'm sort of the most excited to watch, I know very little about it besides the concept and a few clips, Uh, but it's a little artifact from the 80s called A Chinese Ghost Story. Uh, So I'll report back on that when I see it, along with the others.
0: Totally. Um, Steve, if this helps, um, since I don't know how you're, you're probably somewhat indifferent to watching VHS 94, like you're going to do it, but I don't know that you're like massively excited for it. Uh, the you have you heard me talk about the storm drain sequence that I really like with, with Ratma? Have you were you here when I, no. I pitched Oh, I pitch Miles on that as like the gnarly thing that really I liked about this one. Um, so the opening scene, the opening segment of VHS ninety four, the director is Chloe Okuno, the director of Watcher. Oh, that, really? that that's on my list to watch uh, in the month. Yeah, so I thought I thought that that's how Steve gets roped in is like. The person who made Watcher made my favorite segment here. And more for, uh, I think Miles will like that segment. But also for Miles is that Timo, uh, I I can't do his last name, but you know what I'm talking about from the wild I know who you mean, yeah. The other one did a wild segment in this one as well. I don't know if I've seen any
2: of the VHS movies. All right. Well, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Someone brought them up recently and uh, was a big fan. I'm like, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, you're not going to gonna me be lost. It seem like something you
2: would watch on VHS.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll get it. Um, but yeah, you can say where you can be followed, and uh, tell me what you're what you're watching this month that you're most excited for, horror or non. Hmm. Um. Well, you can follow me on Twitter and
2: Letterboxd at FilmStork. Also, can give uh, the Verse a listen at the Versecast. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to our episodes. Lots of great conversation about all cinematic universes. Those are things like Marvel, DC, and beyond. Um, what am I looking forward to the most? Well, I'm not sure what I'm going to get my hands on, but I think I'll be seeing Pearl and nice. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies when it comes to horror. Cool. Um, and I have a, a couple uh, IFC titles I'm going to watch. And I don't think we've discussed it at all, but uh, The Invitation... And Decision to Leave are two that I'm hoping to see as well. Have you seen The Invitation?
0: I have not. I actually haven't seen either Decision to Leave was another one that I just couldn't make happen at uh, either of the film festivals, I believe that I was at. And at this point, I'm like, it'll rear its head. Isn't it going to be on? It's going to be on streaming very soon, actually. Right. It's in theaters for, like two weeks, I think. Right. That sound right? Yeah, I, it, I say it's going to movie yeah why not okay. uh, yeah i think yeah i, w- I think movie sounds right i think it is a movie release it was bought by movie right Right. which is why i'm vaguely skeptical of its awards prospects just because movie i mean they haven't they haven't done it yet so we'll see hey it's, it's always a first yeah why not i mean, i hope spring is
2: eternal right but cool. Those are the uh um, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most right right but, now uh, there's a lot but, I mean with the with the holi- with the uh, holiday with the Oscar, Oscar season kicking in you know there's a ton fable mins the whale and, yeah. and such but of the ones that are uh that are, should be reaching my
0: my eyes soon uh those are the ones but Yeah we got you we got you in the running for some of those other ones too right Yeah well, yeah Good to see them all so, right cool excellent um and uh did you see the invitation miles or no? The vampire one that just came out. I think that's probably a spoiler, but yeah, I guess I guess it's that in the trailer.
1: Anyway. The tra- well, the trailer tells you the whole goddamn movie. Oh,
0: that's uh, why, no, yeah. I don't watch the trailers.
1: Well, Son I don't a have a choice.
0: Um, uh, I, I've not seen it. I it but, didn't maybe, but maybe but maybe you have sort of. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, and you can find uh, me at Joey maggotson Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards Radar is on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Someone randomly was sending apparently the Facebook, the Awards Radar Facebook, just like images of actors. I don't, I don't know what they were getting at. So confuse <laughs> the Awards Radar social media team. And when I was informed, I was like, I can't help you there. But whatever. It happens and uh i actually don't have a ton that i'm scheduled to see right now i'm i'm gonna hopefully catch up on smile this week i will be seeing black adam on monday and then actually tuesday i have a conflict so what would you guys see spoiler alert the the jim parsons uh movie or um i should probably figure out what the other one was uh Take it to paradise.
1: Probably take it to paradise, honestly. I mean, it kind of looks delightful, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. A charming old school rom-com that they don't really make anymore.
0: Yeah, well. I mean, yeah. boy, we hope it does well now because that conversation we just had. Um, yeah. Also, that day I'm interviewing Ben Davis, cinematographer from the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, Look for well, my nice. interview with, with uh, Barry, uh, Barry Keegan and... Um, martin mcdonough next week as well martin mcdonough was fun like i was i was surprised how like a good time he was and uh yeah ben davis will be interesting because like you know cinematographer for awards fair and also like the in-house marvel guy so that's kind of interesting to me though i don't know how much will you know you'll get out of that but it's gotta be interesting to be like essentially the crafter of the marvel aesthetic visually Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Just well, slightly. Nothing to talk yeah. about there. Yeah, just, just a but, few things. Yeah, but his work in Banshees is uh, is stellar, too. So
0: Totally. Which, uh, quick, spo- uh, not not uh, not spoil, but but um, preview of that, because um, Steve, you saw it, and you'll hear it when you edit the interview, but uh, McDonough was kind of surprised people like it as much as they did. He thought this was going to be like the small one that kind of gets shrugged off before he makes another one.
2: I I, mean, I I was very impressed with it. Uh, again, it's another film I think I want to see again because I I, I know I, Noah, for sure I'll take a lot more away from it the second time because going in blind you're not watching for certain elements of the film as closely as I would on a, on a rewatch. But um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot to appreciate. So anyone hasn't seen it, enjoy.
0: Uh, indeed so let's uh let's close up shop so everyone can go to sleep or go to work whatever the case may be in the scenario Wah-wah. and we will um vote for Steve uh, Miles would you like to make your cases, or you want to stay with your prior uh pitch
1: uh whatever I said before yeah just vote for Miles because you know in your heart it's right
0: you know what I don't have to pitch I know the readers will slash listeners will do the right thing and uh Until next week when we reveal the results, we'll see you at the Spookies. Bye, y'all. What the hell was that?
2: Thanks for listening.
0: Be sure to subscribe and to visit AwardsRadar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.